Hey, welcome to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 41. And yes, I've been listening to the executive producer some. We're going to continue to strive. We're going to continue to strive to make those improvements to the podcast. Uh, You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 41. Number 41, got to be Josh Allen. Not the not not the quarterback of the Bills, the defensive end slash linebacker with the Jaguars. This is his year. Doesn't he have to get a lot of sacks this year? Who gets the sacks? Team effort. Trayvon Walker. Josh Allen. Is there still a maybe bargain basement veteran pass rusher? The Jags will get, sign, pick up, trade for, what have you. You know, trying to make sense out of it all through the binoculars of life. My name is Scott, your host for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're brought to you by Saucerility and Capital for your real estate needs. Larry Saucer and Saucerility Capital. Uh, you'll find them on our homepage. You'll, you can click on the link right there in our 24-7 North Florida weather information about halfway through the weather. In both weather reports on the homepage, actually, now you'll find the link for Saucerility and Capital, whether it's residential, whether it's um, you're trying to buy a home, residential, um, or business or commercial real estate, whatever the case may be, Saucerility and Capital. They're making, uh, you know, they're making good real estate efforts by buying and selling. In uh, Jacksonville, Gainesville, Live Oak, Lake City, they're selling homes, uh, finding buyers to get into homes, doing a great job evaluating uh, property, property appraisals too by uh, uh, Saucer Realty and Capital and Saucer Valuations. So this is episode show number 41, you might say. Today, I really wanted to kind of concentrate, and again, we'll mention, you know, number 41, Josh Allen. This has got to be a big year for Josh Allen, assuming he's still with the Jaguars. There's no trades made, you know, before the season starts or within training camp or anything. You got to think Josh Allen's going to be with the team unless there's a deal made. This has got to be like a career year for Defensive end slash linebacker tackling machine, Josh Allen, who wears number 41. And this, incidentally, is episode show number 41 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We want to talk about, and, you know, we talked about Trevor Lawrence and, you know, our thoughts about him being a a top five or at least a top 10 and potentially a top five quarterback in the next year or two in the NFL. I think he's top 10 now going into the 2023 season, may become top five um, sometime during the year 2023 or at least going into 2024. You know, you got to think that Trevor's going to get more consistent with the accuracy. We kind of saw that. The back half and the last part of the 2023 season – But I want to talk about the division now that the Jaguars play in the AFC South. We had a a post in the BigJReport.com Facebook group talking about the division. There's new quarterbacks in the division. The Jaguars, 
will still have their same guy going into his third year, quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who has an opportunity to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. As you know, the Jaguars are keeping the same uh, backup quarterback. Uh, Bethard will continue to be the uh, Jaguars' backup quarterback. He's been signed, I believe, for a couple of years now. In other words, I think he's been signed for another, I think it's a two-year deal, actually, to continue to back up uh, Trevor Lawrence. And that's a good thing. That kind of keeps some continuity going in the quarterback room. C.J. Beathard, who I'm talking about, will continue to be the backup. The Jags did pick up a another quarterback who I believe played in the CFL. I believe that's where he's from, but we'll we'll expound on that later. But the main thing is you got your top two quarterbacks. You got um, Trevor Lawrence will start every game unless he's got to take a Gatorade break or walk in the locker room like Brother Bortles had to one time and take a few plays off or a few minutes off. Trevor had the the toe injury, which we we kind of oh we kind of drew collective size of relief with that injury last year when Cam Robinson, I believe, whipped on the block. And and you can't say it didn't happen to you. Man, Trevor's got an ACL. Um, well, it turned out to be a toe injury. I don't know if it was a minor or medium type turf toe injury or what kind of toe injury was it. But, it, you know, I, I'm assuming it bothered him off and on throughout you know, after the injury and throughout most of the season. You would tend to think the toe is going to be much better and probably is already much better now as training camp, you know, is looming to start, uh, you know, here in, you know, just a few weeks or a few days, if you will. Talking about the division, you talk about the quarterbacks in the division. Um, I still think Tennessee's probably going to be the second-place team whether the, the Jags beat them by one game or four games in the division. I think the Jags could go 11-6, and six, but the injuries hit. Man, 11-6 and six can turn into 6-11 and 11 pretty quick if you have a rash of injuries. The team's got to stay relatively healthy, reasonably healthy, or perhaps, hopefully, very healthy. Um, I talked in a post about what do you think the Jaguars record will be in the division now they really only play six division games but they're really high octane and very very important games against the Tennessee Titans the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans of course so who do the other teams start at quarterback well I think the the Titans may still go with Ryan Tannehill, at least for the first few games. Will Levis, Will Levis, uh, God bless him, man. He's in the coffee and all that stuff. He was actually a second-round pick, so maybe with Will Levis, there's not, you know, as much pressure on the um, the Tennessee Titans to start him in game one. Will Levis, yeah, he was an early second-round pick. He fell from the first round to the second round. But Tennessee, you know, you, you draft a quarterback in the second round. He's going to be the guy at some point in time. Ryan Tannehill has a big money number. 
does Tennessee at some point eliminate him before the season or during the season and just get out of that money that they have invested or some of the money or however they're able to get out of it? Ryan Tannehill, who's probably your game one starter for Tennessee, but could they move on from him and just say, Will Levis, we're going to give you the keys and turn it over to you? I think Tennessee could be the second-place team, but how far do they finish behind our beloved Jacksonville Jaguars? That's going to be fun to watch. Tennessee kind of going back in the rear view as the Jaguars are climbing up that AFC South division uh, title ramp again. Tennessee's probably the number two team in the division. And then you got to say number three is probably the Colts. Maybe they could move to number two, but uh, the Colts, they got Gardner Minshew who may start game one or AR-15 was drafted by the Colts as the uh, fourth pick overall. So he's probably, they're going to say, hey man, AR-15's got to play. He's a first round draft pick and a high first round draft pick at number four, of course. We will, um, everything goes back to the NFL draft 2023. By the way, we're also brought to you by LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. They've got Rock Saturdays, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. Rock Saturdays, of course, is on Saturday. Late at night, uh, deep tracks, album cuts, unique songs. Late at night, LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. LakeUfallahits.com, a legitimate sponsor of our podcast. Check them out, LakeUfallahits.com, man. That's internet internet radio 24-7. Okay, the NFL draft as we continue here. Now, here's the interesting thing. The best quarterback in the draft, I'm going to say, was Bryce Young. I'm going to agree with, with uh, Carolina. They traded with the Bears and moved up to number one. They got Bryce Young. Now, the Texans are going to play C.J. Stroud probably from day one. And they're not a very good football team. We talk about the Colts, number three. The Texans are probably number four in the division. Can the Jaguars go undefeated in the division? Sure, they could, but I don't think they will. You know, there's just too much history, and the ball can bounce all kinds of ways in different games. I think the Jags go at least four and two in the division, and that still could be the best record in the division. Now, if they go four and two in the six games in the division, which are big games, if they go four and two, then what I'm saying is the Jags got to go seven and four in the other games. And that's going to be difficult. Most people, and and there was uh, Abram, uh, Mr. Abram from our bigjreport.com Facebook group. Um, What's Abram's last name? Kelly, right? Kelly. Abram Kelly. Man, one of my favorite guys in the in the group. Abram Kelly, God bless him. But, you know, he's very confident. A- Abram J. Kelly in our BigJReport.com Facebook group. Very, very good guy. And Abram thinks the Jags are going 6-0. and That is a real possibility in the division. But what's also possible is 5-1 and one and even 4-2. and two. If you go four and two in the division, that still may be the best record in the division. You may have the, you know, you may have uh, Tennessee and the Colts going three and three. And do the Texans win a division game? Probably one, maybe, or two. 
So four and two still could be the best record in the division. But if I'm picking the Jags to win 11 games, then they would have to go seven and four overall. So we talked a little bit about, you know, Tennessee. They're probably going to start Ryan Tannehill in game one, two, three, or, or Will Levis will come in at some point in time, whether it's game one or game four or somewhere early or mid-first, mid-2023 season is what I'm trying to say. Will Levis fell out of the first round. Man, there was a lot of talk about Will Levis moving right up and being the second guy grabbed (laughs) in the draft, and that kind of fell apart. We all found out Will put uh, mayonnaise in his coffee. Oh, man. I've got some good coffee this morning. I'll tell you what, I did a trio. I did the 1850 Folgers Dark Roast. What else do I got? The um, Still drinking some of that 8 o'clock coffee, which is a French roast. Uh, more of a, a dark roast, uh, French roast. It's a dark French roast, 8 o'clock. And then I found, man, this stuff is good. If you ever get a chance, and what you do with this, Don Francisco's Hawaiian hazelnut. You get some of that coffee and you put just a little bit, you mix a little bit in with whatever other coffee you're using. And man, voila, you've got something. So I'm drinking the trio today, you might say. And plus, we got the the creamer. I'm trying to think. Sweet cream. We got the Italian, the Italian, the Italian sweet cream in the uh, hot coffee. <sighs> Thank you, coffee boy. You know, the coffee boy... Knows how to pour it and serve it, I'll tell you that. By the way, my executive producer, I'm listening to him. I am. I appreciate him. He's doing a great job. JC, our executive producer on the podcast. Alex Nunnery, he's out there too, is our producer. Uh, John Gaylor, Mr. John. I appreciate, John gives me a, a lot of what I'll call total information. And I use the majority of it. John gives me a lot of information Sometimes we don't have an opportunity to work it in, but sometimes we do. Um, There's a long list of XFL players that are being signed by NFL teams, and that's pretty cool for the XFL. Um, The Arlington Renegades won the title. Bob Stoops, congratulations. He had a couple of real good game plans and won two playoff games. And the two teams he beat had much better records than he had, but the Arlington Renegades won the title. Uh, you can check out everything about the XFL. Go to xfltoday.net. xfltoday.net, another sponsor of our Teal Shirt Report podcast. Also, the Mad Max Mix. Man, the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com. You'll find the links at bigjreport.com in the Neighbors 2 section, the Outside the Box section. For really great classic rock requests. Music, pop classics from years gone by. Check out this great internet radio music request show. Wednesday night, 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock Eastern Time, the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com. We've got the links on our website at bigjreport.com. That's a Mad Max Mix, a great mix of music. Max will take your request. When you listen to Max, he'll give you the phone number at some juncture of the show, and you can actually Call Max or text your request to Mad Max Mix, to Mad Max, to Mad Max and the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com. That's a tongue twister. So back to the division. Yeah, I think the Jags are going to go at least four and two in the division. 
Everybody else wins three games or less. How about that prediction? The Jags go seven and four on games other than the AFC South. Man, is that doing 11 and six the hard way or what? Because there's some tough games on the schedule. The Jags go to New Orleans. They will also go to Pittsburgh. I don't see the Jags winning both those games. They probably win one of those out of those two. That's a couple of tough road games. Two games in London. Uh, The Falcons, I think the Jags win the Falcons game. The Buffalo game could be interesting. Buffalo could conceivably win that game, or it could go the other way. Man, it's going to be an interesting season to keep an eye on Trevor Lawrence and your Jacksonville Jaguars. No doubt about that. So talking about the AFC South division, I got the Jags winning it. I think they have a record of four and two within the division. Everybody else is three wins or less. Uh, We talked about the second place team, which probably will be Indianapolis. Probably. Gardner Minshew may play some games early on. But AR-15, that dude was drafted number four overall. He's got the potential. He's got the arm strength, the speed, the size. But can he complete enough passes at the NFL level? I think that's the question. How will, is he going to be a good playbook guy? Will he be coached well? Are the coaches there? And I, I had heard to the grapevine, one of the, Eagles coaches that was with the Eagles that coached um, that coached the current Eagles quarterback is now going to be coaching AR-15. That's that's what I've heard here recently. We'll have to try to find some names uh, for that, of course. But uh, the Eagles quarterback is doing well, and he's been very successful, and he's been coached very well. He came out of a very good college program in Alabama. So now you got. You know, you got AR-15, Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida. The the knock I saw on Anthony was, he, to me, he just didn't complete enough passes. So we'll see how this transcends to the NFL level. Sure, AR-15 can run it 20, 30, 40 yards. He might go 60 or 70 yards on a touchdown run. He's got that kind of speed. He's got the power, the agility. He's got the arm strength to make the passes, but will the accuracy be there? Um, does he transcend the NFL game and make the improvements, study the playbook, be able to find the second and third receiver? When we say second or third receiver, I mean, it could, it could be a back out of the backfield, the tight end. Um, Got to be able to make the reads down the field. So we do know the Jags are starting Trevor Lawrence. The number two team, Tennessee, probably will go with Ryan Tannehill, but Will Levitt's very quickly could be waiting in the wings could and he could start quickly because you know it could be at this juncture you know the titans are rebuilding completely rebuilding and they may want to dump the ryan Tannehill contract and get out from under as much as they can but maybe they play ryan Tannehill or will levitz is drafted to top the second round so it's either Tannehill or, or Will Levitt's the third team. Obviously, we've talked about the Colts. Um, the Colts have Gardner Minshew, but the Colts also have Anthony Richardson, the fourth pick overall. And you know, in the NFL, those guys will have to play quick. They will have to play very, very quickly in the grand scheme of things. Fourth place team, the Texans. They drafted C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. Second overall, I agree with the fact that 
if I was if I had the number one pick overall, I'm going Bryce Young in this particular draft. C.J. Stroud was the number two guy. He didn't score that high on some of the what would you call them the middle evaluations or you know like a pen and paper type test. He was a little lacking in that, but the game film everybody loved uh, the C.J. Stroud tape, the game film. If you will, the Texans got C.J. Stroud. They'll start him at quarterback probably from day one. They got Anderson, the linebacker out of Alabama, with a third overall pick. And those are some of your top draft picks. AR-15, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback, went number four overall out of Florida to the Colts. As we look at the AFC South Division right now, it's got to be the Jaguars finishing about four and two within the division. And I'm talking about just AFC South Division games. Everybody else is three wins or less in the division. I got the Colts number two. No, I don't. I got the Titans number two. Let me let me switch that around. I got the Jaguars number one. I got the Titans a fading number two. The Colts number three, and they may have an interesting year. The Texans at number four in the AFC South Division. So that's some of what we got when we look inside the AFC South Division. If you're looking to travel and you want to contact uh, D.D. McDermott, Elegant Time Travel, and uh, Dark Diamond Entertainment, give him a call. He's been working on putting trips together to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, you know, he's got various things going on with Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. Make sure you give him a call. And I'm talking about D.D. McDermott. And if you have any questions about the trips he's uh, putting together, Please give him a call. He, he can answer all questions you have. Um, you call D.D. McDermott. Let me give you D.D.'s phone number. His phone number is the 904 number. 904. Let me let me give you D.D.'s number. Boy, D.D.'s number is the 904 number right here in Jacksonville in North Florida for, for of course, Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. D.D. McDermott's phone number is 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810. If you'd like to talk to D.D. about the Hall of Fame trip he's putting together, going up to Canton, Ohio, give him a call, 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810. The guy loves to talk sports. He's a former uh, professional baseball player and a former major college baseball player as well. So contact D.D. McDermott at Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. Again, D.D.'s phone number is 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810. So we're moving along to some other things here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We've examined the AFC South division where I feel like the Jaguars win four division games. It could be five or six, but I'm thinking four and two. Seven and four, perhaps outside the division, which gives you 11 and six. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This is episode show number 41. We'll talk some SEC football, North Florida entertainment, and more coming up just around the corner. Hey, we got the coffee in hand. We'll start a, another new segment right here on 41. 
the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 41, season number four. Boy, the Jumbo Shrimp, man. Their pitching has left them. Their pitching has simply collapsed up in Louisville against the Louisville Bats as the Louisville Bats have battered the Shrimp. Man, that last score, this, they've given up 13 runs in a game. Eight runs in a game. Been a tough stretch at Louisville. And they've um, fallen under 500. Uh, we'll get an update on the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. In fact, we'll do that real quick and right now. Also want to, you know, we were talking about the quarterback room for the Jaguars. Yeah, by the way, Louisville beat Jacksonville 8-2. to two. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp on a tailspin. The shrimp, you know, the shrimp of a tail or the tail of a shrimp. Right now, the shrimp in a tailspin. Louisville 8, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 2. Let's see, that game was played on Friday, May 19th. Let's see. There was a game on... Wait a second now. There was a game on Saturday. The Shrimp now have made a move in the positive direction. And I pulled up, and now I just pulled up the Saturday, May 20th score. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp finally getting a win and finally getting some pitching of, you know, pretty pretty good proportions. They win 5-3 to three on Saturday, May the 20th. So the Shrimp are back on the winning track. I missed this score yesterday. This is Sunday morning now, so we're kind of getting updated on the shrimp. But, man, the previous two games, they gave up 13 runs, eight runs. When you get a pretty good pitching performance, you can win more times than not. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp did turn it around on Saturday, May the 20th. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 5, the Louisville Bats 3. So the shrimp finally, finally. Picking up a win, you know, after losing a couple this week up in Louisville. They had some bad losses at Louisville. I guess Louisville should have saved some of their runs for the, for the Saturday night, May 20th game. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 5, the Louisville Bats 3. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp attaining uh, attaining that 20th win. They're now 20-22. and 22. There's still two games under 500, though. Back to the quarterback room for just a moment. Uh, we all know it's Trevor Lawrence and everybody else. Trevor stays healthy. He's going to play 99.9% of the snaps throughout the season. He might come out a play or two late in the game if the Jags were to happen to be blowing anybody out. As you know, in the NFL, there's not that many blowouts. There might be, you know, two or three blowouts in a season. Otherwise, these games are close the majority of them, and they're decided in the fourth quarter. Trevor showed a propensity for uh, coming back like he did in the Chargers game. Man, that was a mammoth comeback. That that was the greatest comeback in Jaguars history, that that first-round playoff game uh, last year. Jacksonville Jaguars, the reigning AFC South Division title champions. They're going to go for two division titles in a row. I tell you, they are executive producer, JC. Uh, I did find the name of the guy. You know, I, I've been talking about the Jags that signed a CFL quarterback. 
looks like he'll he'll be the third guy in the quarterback room unless there's somebody else I'm missing here. You got Trevor Lawrence and everybody else. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence, the number one quarterback, and he's he's going to play till the till the wheels fall off. Um, the injury, the toe injury, whether it was, you know, you know, and, and those toes. You can get a turf toe, and that lingers throughout the year. That I think it was a mild turf toe, but I haven't. I've, I don't think I've ever gotten the exact, the the, the exact um, details of that injury. It could have been anything from what uh, turf toe to toe jam, maybe. Going back to an old phrase, old basketball locker room phrase back in the day. So Trevor Lawrence should be completely healthy with the toe now. Going into 2023 training camp, C.J. Beathard had signed in the offseason, I think, for another couple of years. The Jaguars brass really happy with C.J. Beathard. He throws really a nice ball. Um, He's not Trevor Lawrence, but, man, he's a good backup to have. He started games in the NFL when he was with San Francisco. He played some for the Jags during the regular season when Trevor, you know, had to come out, I think maybe on two occasions. Trevor missed the game he got hurt in in the regular season, which everybody kind of kind of drew a sigh of relief when he came back in that game. Um, so Trevor Lawrence has proved himself durable. Another quarterback, brother Blake Bortles, was very durable, too, with the Jaguars. I do know that. And brother Blake Bortles was 2-1 and one in playoff games. Trevor's now, what, 1-1 one and one going into his third year. And I expect that record to improve. You got a guy that's going to win games in the playoffs, and that's the difference in Trevor Lawrence's potential and maybe even some other quarterbacks around the league that are already getting much more money and Trevor Lawrence is getting now, but Trevor will get it in the future. I think the Jaguars are kind of starting to prepare for that that mammoth deal they'll have to put together to keep Trevor Lawrence. Don't forget about the Mad Max Mix, madmaxmix.weebly.com. Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max. 6 to 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock Georgia Time. Each Wednesday night, I talk to Max on the phone. A couple of days ago, and, you know, Max has been having some really, really good shows, and I'm happy to be part of it. Max will interview me probably once or twice a month on the madmaxmix.weebly.com. You can find the links on our website at bigjreport.com in the Neighbors 2 section and also the Outside the Box section. So we're talking Jaguars football Quarterback Trevor Lawrence, the number one quarterback. C.J. Beathard, very capable backup, is the number two guy. Uh, Earlier in the podcast, on the earlier segment, I had mentioned the third stringer. I guess he's the third stringer. I mean, it's the only three quarterbacks I can think of. The Jags didn't draft a quarterback, even though they drafted 13 players. They did go go running back and fullback. I think the fullback with the 13th pick is more of a special teamer if he sticks or makes a practice squad or whatever. So the Jaguars did sign a while back. They signed um, a player by the name, and I got his name now, uh, Nathan Rourke. Um, Nathan Rourke was signed to a contract by the Jaguars. You know, he'll be in training camp 
the best I figure now. Nathan Rourke played with the British Columbia BC Lions, the British Columbia Lions of the CFL. So that's three quarterbacks at the bank. You know, only two guys will make the 53 in my mind because the Jags are going to have a lot of a lot of young talent on the roster and some veterans too. So basically, uh, Mr. Rourke, what's his name? Nathan Rourke. He's kind of insurance. I know he originally signed a futures contract with the Jaguars. He's, uh, I think he's the number three guy at this juncture. The number three guy never plays unless something happens to the number one and the number two guy in front of him. You can ask San Francisco. They went through all that uh, last year, and heck, they were they were a playoff they were a playoff team. Just you know, just like the Jaguars were, of course. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're going to talk SEC football. We are uh, Mad Max. Mad Max, our Georgia Bulldog football insider. Let me tell you, Max kind of um, acknowledged what I was thinking that. You know, now that Stetson Bennett, the two-time national championship quarterback, there's got to be a statue erected up in Athens, right, for Stetson Bennett, a two-time national championship. Tebow's got a statue at Florida, right? All the Heisman Trophy winners. Now, now we understand Stetson didn't win a Heisman, but he won two national championships, and these were back-to-back. That's got to get you a statue in Athens, maybe not this year, but at some point in time in the future, I would I would think. Now, Stetson has moved on to the NFL. He actually was drafted. He was one of the mid-round picks, I, I think fourth round by the L.A. Rams. Does he stick in the NFL? I, I think he can as a backup clipboard guy, maybe playing a little bit. He's a game manager, no doubt about that. Who starts for Georgia this week, or I should say this year? It's not this week yet. I guess I'm being hopeful with uh, college football around the corner. We all love college football. I know it's changing with the NIL deals, the transfer portal, recruiting, uh, conferences, swapping teams around. Man, that's crazy. And then Oklahoma and Texas coming into the SEC in 2024. We don't really have to concern ourselves with Oklahoma and Texas, although – Arch Manning's on the Texas squad, and I, I don't even think he's the best quarterback on the team right now. Texas is starting somebody else. We'll have to look him up and talk about him. However, again, Texas is not in the SEC yet. That'll take place in 2024. So when we're dealing with the 2023 SEC football season, you know, top of the charts or top of the stories has got to be Carson Beck. Hey, did you hear we're up in Atlanta? I'm just going to throw this out out there. I I heard this on the news that the oldest Chick-fil-A, I think it was the first one built up in Atlanta, and it was built back in, I believe, the late 50s. They're closing it down. They're closing that. I guess maybe it's an old relic up there. We'll have to do more investigating into that story. But the original and the first Chick-fil-A, and, and they've got a good restaurant. I mean, and they knew how to handle things during the pandemic was the, the drive through man. They were incredibly good with their drive through um, Enough said on Chick-fil-A. Man, I'm getting hungry for a sandwich now. Uh, Carson Beck with a pickle on it. You know, the chicken sandwich with a pickle on it. Uh, Carson Beck 
from all accounts, is going to be the starting quarterback at Georgia. Now, with that being said, this is a guy that can make all the throws. I've seen his video. I saw his high school video when he, he won a state championship. He's from Jacksonville, Florida, won a state championship when he was a junior at Mandarin High School here in Jacksonville. Carson Beck can make all the throws. He's more of a highly acclaimed quarterback than Stetson Bennett was. But what did Stetson Bennett do? He won. Not one, but two national championships back-to-back. That's going to be some pressure on Carson Beck. And Mad Max, my Georgia Bulldog football insider, tells me it'll be a one-year. I think Carson's got one year left. He's been waiting in the wings the last three years or so to play. He originally had committed to Alabama, um, decided he wasn't going to Alabama. You know, Alabama's kind of doing the quarterback shuffle, too. Uh, J.C., our executive producer, follows Alabama in the SEC Western Division. Kind of talk like the Alabama quarterback race is still up in the air. We'll try to do some dissecting of that, too, as we talk about the Southeastern Conference. But from all accounts, Carson Beck will be the starter at Georgia. Uh, the transfer that Florida has from Wisconsin, and we've discussed him in past episodes. Looks like he'll be the starter at uh, Florida. Alabama quarterback situation in 2023. J.C. said it's up in the air. Now, he's, he's a big Alabama fan, follows Alabama, covers Alabama for the uh, BigJReport.com as a freelance writer. And, of course, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Um, what to make of Alabama? Some reports coming out. I saw a report from fan cited three quarterbacks. Uh, three quarterbacks Alabama football missed out on in the transfer portal. Um so, I mean, Nick's going to put a guy out there, and he's going to do the job. I mean, Alabama's had game managers for years, except for Bryce Young, who, I mean, is number one draft pick overall. You got Mac Jones, who's playing with the New England Patriots, their starting quarterback. Those are two really highly acclaimed quarterbacks who are doing it um, in the NFL, although Bryce Young's still got a lot to prove. I mean, he hasn't played an NFL regular season game yet. As far as the – Alabama situation with their quarterbacks. I'm uh, going to try to find out more from JC because I know he's, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's anything definitive on who's going to start a quarterback for Alabama. Um, Alabama's got good running backs. They got a good roster. Alabama and Nick Saban tend to reload each year. Um. Let's see, some news on Alabama. Let's see, there's a guy to watch. Alabama quarterback Ty Simpson putting in extra work this offseason. And uh, this is from Roll Tide Wire. One of the most noteworthy storylines to follow this offseason in college football is the ongoing quarterback battle in Tuscaloosa. All spring, the battle was between Jalen. Melrose and Ty Simpson, and then Nick and then Nick Saban and Tommy Reese did something a little surprising by bringing Notre Dame transfer Tyler Buckner into the fold. 
So I guess any one of those three guys could start in September. It's all about what happens in late August and September, about who's going to get the playing time. And whoever gets the playing time, they win, play well. They're going to, majority of the time, keep the job. I mean, you, you can go back to Tua Tagalog. How do you say Tua's last name? Tagavaloa. That's it. I'm always, always in trouble with that name. That's a tough name. Tagavaloa, who's playing with the Miami Dolphins. And then you got, man, you got the guy with the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts. Man, he's I think he's out. He's out playing Tua, but now Tua Tua's had some injuries. But now we saw some NFL, uh, we saw some NFL power rankings, and we gave them out on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. And and I mean Philadelphia with their roster and with their quarterback Jalen Hurts, they're in the top ten of the power rankings. Miami snuck in there around I think ninth in the top ten NFL power rankings. The Jaguars are in there. Anybody says that. That quarterback Trevor Lawrence is the 18th best quarterback in the NFL. Man, they're they're smoking something, and it ain't camels. You want to say, and that's a national media thing too. Let me tell you what: Trevor Lawrence is a top 10 quarterback. He plays well this year. He's going to be a top five quarterback. That's the bottom line. But we're talking SEC football. Alabama looks like they got three guys competing for the job. Which uh, which is good means you can you know Nick Saban he's a good coach he he knows that he can get the best out of these three guys with more competition and that, that's what it comes down to. Florida's going through some of the same thing. Uh, Florida's still looking for that top notch guy. The transfer from the guy from Wisconsin looks like he's going to play and he'll probably be an upgrade. When I say an upgrade, you got AR-15 who played for Florida last year. He just couldn't, couldn't complete that many passes. But, man, the measurables are great. Big guy, runs fast, can go 30, 40, 50 yards for a touchdown at a moment's notice. Just wasn't completing enough passes. Not at the college level. Now, he may get coached up in the NFL, and he may become a great NFL quarterback. Anthony Richardson's uh, with the – Colts, we, we hope he doesn't become that great because he's in the Jaguars division. So we're talking SEC football. Apparently, Alabama's got a myriad of quarterbacks to choose from. You know, and and you got to remember, they call it fall practice, but it's very, very hot when the college football teams start playing. I guess, what when do they start practicing? Mid-August or so uh, to get ready for the actual schedule. And we'll be getting into the actual schedule here on the next few podcasts. But, I mean, it's – and then I hear some people say Georgia, and I don't see how anybody can even say this. They say, well, Georgia's got one of the more favorable schedules. You still got to play everybody in the East. You got home games. You got road games. Georgia's got talent. I mean, if they got a dip or two in the non-conference area, those are wins. Um. There's even talk that Vanderbilt, they won a few games early in the year. I, mean, I saw one prediction where people are thinking Vanderbilt can go 6-6 six and six this year. That may be a little strong, but their coach is doing a good job there. Um, I got some, uh, let's see, Mr. Wa- let's see, Mr. Joaquin Pedroza just messaged me up, and I was looking for a score. Looks like the Duval, and I, I hit Solo up with a message. He plays for the Duval Panthers, and 
I put in a um, I put in a notice for I wanted to score the Duval Panthers game. They defeated the East Coast Sharks. I believe that was a playoff game. I believe that was a first round playoff game in the EAFL. So the Duval Panthers get a 33 to 8 win over the East Coast Sharks, as they call them. A little interlude from SEC football. We're talking SEC football. I did want to talk about. Let me see here. There was something that came up, and I think you guys will, I don't know, you may agree with some of what I'm going to say. You may not. But there was a guy that was on one of the the trash talk sites, one of the southern football trash talk sites in college football. That's as southern as you get. I'm not talking that I'm not talking about the Ivy. I'm not talking about Ivy League football in this show. We're talking about the SEC, the best conference there ever was. The Big Ten may be a close second. How about those apples? So I wanted to pull up this whole situation because sometimes I'll take offense to what people say on the trash sites. Okay, let me pull. Here we go. This is what I wanted to talk about here as we're talking SEC football. Okay, so what happened? And I'll check my my time here. We're kind of running past time, and as we we often do. And you know, I I'm going to get in a lot of trouble with the, you know, the executive producer JC, and it may lead to me getting less coffee here on the set on the show. Here at, here at headquarters. Let me take a sip of this while I'm at it here. Man, the coffee's a trio. Let me tell you, I got some good stuff there. I'm drinking it right out of the BigJReport.com black and blue coffee mug with the white lettering. That's a cool coffee mug, too. We're going to have to get those out there in some form or fashion. There's a limited supply of those, I will tell you. I, I believe I, I sent one to our executive producer, JC. But here we go. Let me let me let me talk about this for a minute, if I can. Um, these are just, and you know, when you're thinking about the SEC, man, you're thinking about. I've I've, I've watched the SEC since the early 1970s, so you get a little bit of what they call uh, preconceived notions about certain teams and programs. But man, it's changed. It has absolutely changed. It really has. Um, NIL transfer portal. Players aren't staying with the same school as long as they used to. Does anybody remember the freshman rule when the freshman couldn't play? Oh, they're playing now. And then they're going somewhere else sometimes. Okay, somebody on a trash site said, I'm going to, I responded to it. And then I, as I often do, I, I get kind of long-winded and write an article. On someone saying Auburn would finish as high as second in the SEC West in 2023 in college football, this is how I responded. Auburn won't jump up that quick. They will do better in year two with Freeze. You Freeze, now the new coach. And they had Florida finishing. My gosh, the guy was not a Florida fan that put his predictions together. I think he had Florida down at the bottom of the East with winning two or three games overall. Man, if that happens, be people jumping off bridges. <laughs> let me let me tell you, Florida won't finish that low. Tennessee may drop. Tennessee may drop some, or at least not finish that high. I think he had Tennessee maybe second, and they could finish second. 
Vandy could be a wild card, I'm saying. He had Vanderbilt 6-6, six and six, uh, you know, and I don't know if Vanderbilt goes 6-6, six and six, but they could. Vandy could be a wild card. Their coach has been doing some good things, but the Commodores won't be in the top three in the SEC East division, though. Vandy could go 6-6, six and six, maybe, and it may be close to that prediction, actually. Vandy may get off to at least a good start. Can't, can't believe I'm talking that much about Vandy. Pivotal year for the Gamecocks. Yeah, they, they could be a team that could slide up or down. They're probably a middle pack SEC East team. They could finish anywhere from third to fourth to fifth to sixth. They could. I mean, a couple of key games they can win. They win the close games. That's going to be the difference in the Gamecocks being a little higher, a little bit lower in the Eastern Division. Obviously, they won't win the division. They won't come close to winning the division, but the Cox, the Gamecocks, uh, South Carolina, I keep hearing Larry Munson in my head for some reason. The Gamecocks uh, are going to be in there. They got a good coach. The program is in place. Look out for South Carolina. They're at least a middle pack Eastern Division team. Texas A&M will be better, but <laughs> they were Texas A&M was the worst team in the league last year with Jimbo doing the limbo. Texas A&M will be better. But won't be um, – what did I write here? I have to do some editing. Texas A&M will be better, but that, you know, that won't be good enough. That's kind of what I was trying to say there. Texas A&M will be better, but uh, won't be good enough. I'll stick by that. I mean, Texas A&M is another one of those teams in the West. I mean, they could finish as high as second. They could finish as low as the bottom. They got uh, – Bobby Petrino, I think, is the new – what is he, the new offensive coordinator, the motorcycle guy? Um, Bobby Petrino. Can you imagine that Bobby Petrino and uh, Jimbo Fisher? Man, wouldn't you like to be a bug on the wall? Speaking of bugs, you remember that, JC? Um, I mean, I'd like to be a bug on the wall in uh, some of those meetings. Jimbo doing the limbo and Bobby Petrino – Bobby Petrino's got a good offensive mind. So that was some of what was lacking last year with Texas A&M. It was. Uh, I don't think they were finishing off drives. The Jaguars drafted one of the Texas A&M safeties in the fifth round, and a lot of people think the Jaguars got a steal. On the other hand, Texas A&M loses a player, A.J. Antonio Johnson, picked up in the fifth round by the Jaguars. Texas A&M will be better, but probably won't be good enough probably it probably won't be enough is what i was trying to say um lsu may be on a roll lsu may be on a roll still think their coach is overrated though wait i took a shot at brian kelly there he, he did a good job in his first year lsu may be on a roll still think their coach is overrated some though Ole miss bam and lsu near the top in the sec west this is the last year before Oklahoma and Texas enter the SEC picture. Not sure what exactly will happen in 2023, though. Um, is Georgia's schedule a little weaker than other SEC schools this year in the non-conference area? Maybe. That's what some people are saying. And you know what happens is some teams in the SEC, they might have a little bit of a favor, favorable schedule where maybe they got a couple of the top contenders actually at home or they don't play somebody on the other side of the division, on in the other division. That's really tough. 
So those I know those things, excuse me, those things do happen. Is Georgia's schedule a little bit weaker? We may have to examine that, but they're still playing all the SEC conference games that they're supposed to play. Is their schedule this year, instead of saying weaker, it's probably better to say maybe it's a little bit more favorable than some of the other SEC schools this year. In the non-conference area, maybe. I know they played the Austin P. Governors a few years ago. I thought that was a little bit of a weak college football game. Everybody played. I mean, Kirby's... Kirby Smart, with a game like that, he's able to he's able to play everybody. And that's kind of what you want to do as a coach early in the year, get everybody some playing time, some experience. That's what a good coach does. And if the schedule happens to bring up a Podunk Junction or an Austin P, the governors, you play the schedule. If Coach Napier, if Coach Napier, Coach uh, – Billy Napier going into his second year. If Coach Napier can can kind of get things on a roll, we're now kind of moving into Florida here. If Coach Billy Napier and the Gators get on a roll early in the season, the Florida Gators, and yes, I will say it, the Florida Gators could be a surprising team in 2023. We'll talk more SEC coming up. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We'll kind of finish up our talk on the SEC. And we're going to wrap things up with North Florida Entertainment coming up, too. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Okay, going to continue uh, with the SEC here on the Teal Shirt Report Podcast, moving into a, a new quick a new quick segment, but still going to talk about what we've been talking about. The SEC, will the Florida Gators be a surprise team? I think they got a chance to be. I, I mean, I really do. Um, and for Coach Napier's sake, he needs to be. Florida won six games last year. They were six and four. And then, you know, the Gators really stunk it up the last three games. I mean, you can talk about AR-15 all you want and what he's going to do at the NFL level, but – Florida lost to Vanderbilt last year. I think Vanderbilt's a better coach team now. But Florida just can't afford to lose to Vanderbilt. They, they, they really can't. That was Billy Coach Billy Napier's first year. Florida doesn't lose to Vanderbilt, not very often, maybe once in somebody's lifetime or twice. I mean, when Ray Goff was at Georgia, he was the head coach there. He lost to Vanderbilt, and he was kind of canned probably a – couple, three years after that, you cannot lose to Vanderbilt. Even if there's some guy on a Southern football trash talks um, group that says Vanderbilt's going six and six. Yeah, the Vanderbilt fans would like that. They'd be excited about that. They do have a fan base. It's not certainly, I, I don't think it's anywhere near as big as, you know, Florida, Georgia's or Alabama's, but they're in the conference. Some people want to kick them out. But I don't think they're going to leave it. I think they. I, I think Vanderbilt would, uh, you know, if somebody wanted to pick Vanderbilt up, uh, just theoretically pick them up, and I think they'd be kicking and screaming. They want that SEC money. They want to stay. They do. Uh, so we're back to uh, Florida. Coach Billy Napier now. Florida went six and seven. My contention is 
Coach Napier needs to win eight games this year, and then he needs to follow it up with 10 wins in 2024. That would be the year Oklahoma and Texas are coming in. There's a lot of variables. I mean, there's a transfer portal. Coach Billy Napier should start thriving in the transfer portal as time goes on and in recruiting and ball coaching on the field. And the Gators are picking up some players. Uh, Coach Napier seems to be happy with where the roster is going. I think at the end of spring practice, Florida didn't quite have 90 guys on scholarship, so there was still an opportunity to, I believe, grab another guy or two off the portal. Perhaps if a big-time you know, quarterback became available, which can happen in the, the new days of the NIL and college football. We're not all excited about it. Florida Gators quarterback situation is we're talking SEC, right? Anthony Richardson's gone. The thing about Anthony Richardson against Vanderbilt, I think he threw it more. He ran less. And if you really think deep and hard about it, what was Anthony Richardson doing at the tail end of the Florida season? Was he more concerned about the NFL draft? I think so. Maybe it's a natural thing for a young kid getting ready to make a lot of money. But, hey, they're getting paid now with NIL deals. It's now legal. It's not like the old days where, you know, the money was running through southwest Georgia and Mobile and wherever else it was coming through before all this NIL stuff was apparently legal. Florida Gator quarterback situation looks like the starting quarterback, at least for now, unless Florida gets somebody else in. And there's a lot of people that really believe that this Wisconsin transfer is going to be a little bit better than a game manager. Um, looks like there's some some later information that's come up, you know, through Gators Wire and things like that. I mean, uh, Graham Mertz is going to be the starter. Jack Miller the third, who was originally with the Ohio State Buckeyes, is in the Gators quarterback room. So is Graham Mertz, Wisconsin Badgers, formerly of the Wisconsin Badgers. Neither looked impressive during the program's annual orange and blue game inter-squad inter scrimmage. Now, this is being stated from, from uh, Gator Wire, Gators Wire. But I'm going to say this. There were parts of that game where the quarterbacks, believe it or not, the orange won the game 10-7. to it was a field goal in there, too, among the scoring. There wasn't much scoring. You got a Florida Gator defensive coordinator that is trying so hard, a young guy, really young defensive coordinator that, you know, Coach Billy Napier just recently hired. He's stunting. He's blitzing. And I think the Gator quarterbacks look good at times. But if you don't score that many points, that is not very favorable. The fans going to the game probably wanted more of a show. But the defense, if this new kid running the defense, the new young, I say kid, really young defensive coordinator, if he improves the defense, they are getting some more players in on defense. Coach Billy Napier says, yes, the overall roster is getting better. Um, that's a key. The defense, is, the defense has been a thorn for the Florida Gators, for their team, their coaches, their fans. It has been... A literal, a literal thorn. 
Um, the quarterback situation, as you know, Anthony Richardson is gone. He's with uh, drafted Richardson, number four overall, the Colts, right? And he'll probably start pretty quick, even though Gardner Minshew's there. Gardner's going to try to play if he can, but you draft this kid fourth overall, we'll see what happens. But they got Gardner Minshew, and he may play game one when the Jaguars play at Indianapolis in game one, week one, I think September the 10th of 2023. So we're talking about SEC football predominantly, mixing in the Jags. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast, as you know. Um, so I gave you the names of the guys that are, you know, two of the main guys, main cogs that may start and play. Got the transfer from Wisconsin, the transfer from Ohio State. Now, now, Mr. Um, Jack Miller, the third, um, he played in the bowl game and he was not the most impressive, but now he's had a whole off season spring practice and now what they call fall practice in the heat of August coming up. You better make some, you better, you know, you better uh, make some inroads, Mr. Miller. And who's the other kid's name? Mertz, the guy from Wisconsin, Graham Mertz. Is that his name? Um, There was an NIL deal that, you know, fell through that we're not even going to mention the kid's name, but that fell through much, much several months ago. So you look at the uh, Florida Gator quarterback situation. Again, Mertz, let's see. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's basically coming down to Wisconsin transfer Graham Mertz and Jack Miller III. Uh, Mertz is your leader at this juncture. Where are we at? May 21st. Spring practice is over with, but you got fall practice, which is actually in the heat of the summer or the tail end of the summer. So just kind of wrapping it up here, Wisconsin transfer Graham Mertz looks like he'll be the starter. Jack Miller, the third, most likely the backup, unless unless Coach Billy Napier all of a sudden finds a five-star that, that he can sign to an NIL deal out of the transfer portal. These are the, the main two cogs. As far as the Florida Gator quarterbacks go, those are the top two guys apparently at this juncture. Talking again, talking SEC football, man, we love to talk SEC football. I've um, let's see, I, you know something? I'm very fortunate to have my wife that I have. She loves basketball. She loves volleyball. She loves sports. The great thing about her now, Miss 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 Eileen. She knew when she and I got together, she knew about the Jacksonville Jaguars, so she quickly become a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, and that makes things so much better, right? So Chris Doring had a birthday the other day, former uh, Florida Gator wide receiver, SEC champion, played briefly for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I got a football card of uh, his rookie year. He didn't last long in the NFL. And thank goodness for the SEC Network. He works for the SEC Network. But, man, this guy is beloved as a former Gator wide receiver. I I remember watching him play in SEC championship games up in Atlanta. Gators won SEC titles. 
and he was a big time wide receiver, made big time plays. Chris Doring, former Florida Gator wide receiver and SEC champion, played briefly with the Jacksonville Jaguars too, and works now, as many of you know, for the SEC Network. Happy belated birthday to you, Chris. And uh, so just keep that in mind. Chris Doring, happy belated birthday to Chris. And uh, we do want to wish Chris Doring a happy, very happy belated birthday as we talk. SEC football. We picked things up. We were talking about the SEC and the Florida Gators. We got down to the Florida Gators. Um, yeah, I see. Uh, you know, I see. And we were, you know, we'll back up a little bit. LSU may be on a roll. Still think their coach is a little bit overrated. Ole Miss, Bama, and LSU near the top of the SEC West. This is the last year before Oklahoma and Texas enter the SEC picture, of course. Uh, we talked about Georgia. Is Georgia's schedule a little bit weaker than the other SEC schools? I think weaker is not a good good word. Probably is it less, maybe more favorable. Maybe it's more favorable. I really haven't looked at their schedule. Mad Max can talk to me about that. The Georgia Bulldog football insider. Last time we talked, I really didn't mention that to him. But we may talk about that. I'll pull up to Georgia's schedule, you know, when we're not on the podcast and take a look at it in more depth and detail. I haven't really got to that point looking at schedules yet. Georgia should clamp down on first place, and it's probably a shell game to see who will finish second and third in the SEC. If Coach Billy Napier and the Gators get on a roll early in the season, the Florida Gators could be a surprising team in 2023. Kentucky, they've got one of the dean of coaches. His brother just won the XFL championship and Coach Bob Stoops. You know, I guess the Stoops in Kentucky is his younger brother, I believe. I could be wrong about that, but I believe. And they used to coach together. I mean, his brother coached under him uh, at one juncture at Oklahoma. He got the Kentucky job. Stoops at Kentucky. It's Mark Stoops, right? I mean, he's like the he's like the dean of SEC coaches. I mean, who's been in the SEC the longest? I mean, it's going to be as far as being at one school. It's going to be Alabama's coach Nick Saban. And then it's going to be Mark Stoops, 55 years of age. He is the younger brother, uh, Bobby Stoops, who's Arlington Renegades, just won the XFL title. You can follow the XFL at xfltoday.net. Um, if you didn't know this, uh, Mark Stoops has uh, kids. He's got Zach Stoops and Will Stoops are his kids. Um, went to the University of Iowa. And Cardinal Mooney High School. Mark Stoops has been a coach that Kentucky's been able to hang on to. He could have left and gone other places. He elected to stay at Kentucky. Do not underestimate Coach Mark Stoops in Kentucky. I think last year their offensive line play might have been a little bit down where it was really good a couple of years prior to that. They did lose Will Levis to the NFL, who fell to the second round and the Tennessee Titans, where Ryan Tannehill may still start and play in the early going, unless Tennessee just cuts more of the payroll and uh, gets rid of uh, Ryan Tannehill's contract. That's still up for debate. We'll see what happens with the Titans. I got the Jaguars winning the AFC uh, South Division. Tennessee probably a distant second. Got the Indy Colts probably in third, wanting to challenge the Titans for second. And, you know, the Houston Texans, I think, are going to pull up the rear. We talked about the AFC South division in huge detail a little bit earlier 
in the podcast. So wrapping up our talk about the SEC, again, Chris Doring, happy belated birthday to you. want to thank all of you that uh, listen into our program. Longtime um, BigJReport.com Facebook group member Michael Giles celebrating a birthday today on Sunday, May 21st. Happy birthday to you, Michael Giles. Boy, he's been a longtime member. He was one of our early members that first got into the Facebook group, the BigJReport.com Facebook group. So wrapping up our talk about the SEC, you know, we are got to Kentucky and Mark Stoops. Kentucky has to find a new quarterback like a lot of other teams out there do. So your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I believe Mark Stoops in Kentucky will always have a defense that will challenge you, a defense that will play well, and a defense that will keep them in games. How much offense can they squeeze out of the – Offensive side of the ball, that's probably going to be a key um, to how Kentucky does throughout 2023. Close games, you got to win the close games, and there'll be close games in the SEC. Finally, sadly, I think Mike Leach will be one of the, the most missed coaches of all time. I used to watch his press conferences, and Mike coughed a lot during his press conferences, so he, you know, he must have been ill that last year. He passed away after winning the Egg Bowl by a couple of points over Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. And I just want to wrap up my SEC talk by saying, man, Mike Leach, you're going to be missed. I enjoyed watching you. The press conferences loved watching your air raid offense. And Mississippi State will try to keep it going. It's going to be kind of hard for them to kind of duplicate what Coach Mike Leach did. They were very competitive. Coach Dan Mullen, in fairness to Dan, did a really good job when he was at Mississippi State also. Mike Leach will be missed, and I hope some way they can kind of include his name with the Egg Bowl because that was the last game he ever coached. So Mike Leach will be missed as I kind of wind up our talk about SEC football. There are some – Semi-pro football games have been going on. Um, Hey, the Jacksonville Sharks annihilated the Albany New York Empire. They really did. The Sharks are now 3-2 and in the National Arena League season. They beat the Southern Steam about nine or ten days ago in an exhibition scrimmage. That was a matinee where the kids in school could go. It's kind of a field trip. So... The game meant more to the Southern Steam, obviously, than the Sharks. It was more of a practice scrimmage or, you know, basically a um, exhibition game. The Jacksonville Sharks won the game, but let me tell you, the Southern Steam battled them for four quarters. That was back on, well, it was back earlier this month on May 9th, so it was about probably about 12 days ago. This is Sunday, May the 21st. So, again... Again, in the National Arena League, had some uh, some pretty good games. You know, I got to report the Duval Panthers, uh, and I believe that was their first-round playoff game. The Duval Panthers, let me see, Joaquin Pedroza did get back to me. I think Solo might still be sleeping because I sent him a message too. Looks like the Duval Panthers, and let me tell you, Solo plays for that team, and he, he I mean, he gives it 110%, so... God bless him on getting some sleep after a game like that. Um, Again, 
the Duval Panthers have some some talent in the EAFL. In the EAFL, semi-pro football, the Duval Panthers 33, the East Coast Sharks 8, the final score. Um, the Bold City Avengers will be playing again. I talked to, uh, let me pull up the info because there is a game coming up May 27th in a few days. Penning Owens, she's the wife of Paul Owens, one of the owners of the Bold City Avengers, and he plays too. So the playoff game, and we talked to JR too, JR Hughes, who plays for the Savannah Falcons. This is going to be an incredible matchup. The Savannah Falcons and the Bold City Avengers will play on May 27th, and it will be at the SOS Academy football field. And uh, Channing, thank you for all you do. Uh, Channing Owens, happy belated birthday to you as well. A lot of birthday folks out there. But the Savannah Falcons play the Bold City Avengers. That game's going to be on May 27th. That will be a first-round EAFL playoff tilt. The Duval Panthers won their game. And uh, I want to thank uh, Coach Pedroza, who in the past has coached with uh, the Jacksonville Spartans, who were apparently no longer around, at least not for this year. Uh, Pedroza reported to us that the uh, Duval Panthers won their game. Duval Panthers 33, the East Coast Sharks 8. And we'll have to add that to our, uh, certainly our uh, semi-pro football uh, report. So we appreciate all you guys tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the SEC football report. I'm just kind of talking off the top of my head at some of the feelings I have about some of the teams, uh, you know, and some of the, you know, situations as well. We'll take a look at, uh, if I can pull it up, we'll pull up some semi-pro football scores. David Martin was keeping us up to date with some of the APDFL scores. I know the couple of the teams, the Panhandle Crusaders, had folded a week or two ago. So did the Mobile Miners. But there are there are teams, you know, still out there playing. By the way, Jim Brown passed away. He was 87. A guy like that, and we remember Jim Brown being interviewed, and he's even before my time. But if you look at the film, you look at the film, the video of Jim Brown, he's one of the top running backs of all time, if not the best. If you made a list of the top five or ten running backs, he's on it every time. He's got to be. Uh, some other people, let me see, Greg Farah put his choice of running backs on our top five list. We did have a poll up of who were the top five running backs. I've got to say Jim Brown was in there. Greg uh, Farah, He's, he had a different idea. Greg Ferris says Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, Derrick Henry, Earl Campbell, Walter Payton. So many to choose from. Um, as he says, LT, I think he means Ladanian Tomlinson. Gail Sayers, whose career ended before it should have uh, with an injury. So that's some of what's going on. I'm going to try to uh, pull up some more semi-pro football news. And uh, we'll also talk... Um, and we'll talk North Florida entertainment with some of the concerts. Peter Frampton going to be in St. Augustine at the amphitheater. That's going to be really a cool event. The jumbo shrimp before winning Saturday had been in a tailspin. Um, they lost on the road eight to two on Friday, but then they won Saturday, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. 
Um, there's a lot of good stuff on the BigJReport.com Facebook group. Um, J.U. Dolphin Baseball, they got out the brooms and they swept UNF. Alex Nunnery was there. They did it in walk-off fashion. The final score was the J.U. Dolphins 3, UNF 2. That was the final regular season game, I believe, for J.U. They, they had a good season. So now you get ready for the, you know, the A-Sun tournament. So that's some of what is going on. Again, Jim Brown passes away. He was, sadly, Jim Brown passes away, but he had a long, good life. You, you see the countless interviews he did. Uh, pull up Jim Brown on YouTube, and, and, and you'll see some really candid interviews uh, with him. Jim Brown was born in 1936, passed away just a couple of days ago in 2023, earlier uh, this week. Pulling up some more scores. Let's see. The Alabama Chargers win the 2023 Yellow Hammer Championship. I don't know much about the Yellow Hammer Championship, but the Alabama Chargers won it in the IAFLX League. Semi-pro football, the Alabama Chargers win the 2023 Yellow Hammer Championship, and they won 20-8 to over the force. So thank you for updating us on that score, uh, Mr. David. Let's see. We got some other scores coming up. A lot of stuff in the BigJReport.com uh, Facebook group. Um, the Mississippi Dynasty. This is an, a an APDFL team. Uh, final from the Sunshine State. This game was played at the Walton County Chiefs home field in the Panhandle of Florida. The Walton County Chiefs got beat by a really good franchise in the APDFL. They always have a good team, the Mississippi Dynasty. The Mississippi Dynasty, 32. The Walton County Chiefs, 6. Uh, the final score. Let's see. Got some other scores. Man, David, David Martin was a busy guy keeping us up to date with scores on the Facebook group. He really was. Um, Clayton County Spartans win the 2023 Tennessee-Georgia region with a 16-8 win over the Chattanooga Wildcats. The Wildcats are eliminated, and the Spartans make the Final Four playoffs of the IAFLX semi-pro football. So that is that is some of what's going on in semi-pro football. The Duval Panthers won their playoff game really big in the, EI, the EAFL. Again, the Mississippi Dynasty from Commissioner Bernard Hunt. Commissioner Bernard Hunt uh, gave us some scores, too, right on our BigJReport.com Facebook group. You can get a lot of info on our BigJReport.com Facebook group. I got that score from David Martin, also from the commissioner of the APDFL, Bernard Hunt. The Mississippi Dynasty, 32. The Walton County Chiefs, 6. A final score. Going back in the stacks, AAA baseball, tough night for the Jumbo Shrimp. Now, they won Saturday, but they lost also 8-2 to two to the Louisville Bats this past week. They lost a game 13-1, to one. so there was absolutely a lot going on. Mostly, the Shrimp have been in a tailspin, but they did win Saturday. They're just two games under 500 now. Some other scores, um, still getting scores in in semi-pro football. We'll get those to you as we get them. 
uh, Florida Gator baseball. Man, the Florida Gators won the SEC regular season baseball title. Um, I see they knocked off the Kentucky Wildcats, Florida Gators in baseball five, the Kentucky Wildcats two. So that is some of what's going on. Um, Trevor Lawrence, a Jaguars quarterback, should be a top 10 quarterback, even though there's some publications or groups, if you will, out there that have Trevor Lawrence ranked lower than that. Um, one source, I don't know if they're considered a publication or network, but they had Trevor Lawrence, the 18th best quarterback in the NFL. We'll do a little bit more research. We'll come back here with another segment. We still got to talk North Florida entertainment. We'll check some concerts, including the Peter Frampton show coming to St. Augustine. We'll talk about that all coming up on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. Now, yes, I yes, I have enjoyed our long visit today on this Sunday, May the 21st of 2023. This has been a long podcast, episode show number 41, season number four, the next episode, 42. Paul Warfield, wide receiver, Miami Dolphins, wore number 42. That's the first guy I could think of. On our next episode, it's going to be much shorter. Uh, we're going to try to keep this thing under 30 minutes. I know we've said that before, but I've got to I've got to really uh, listen more. And we're trying to put together a quicker, conciser podcast. And, you know, the whole key is we want to do more episodes, keep them shorter. If we can keep them under 30 minutes, that would be ideal. I know sometimes they'll, wrong, they'll run longer than 30 minutes. If you go back to the very first episode of this podcast, when we were talking about what we were going to do on the podcast back in uh, mid-January of 2020, prior prior to the pandemic, it was a short one. Might have been two or three minutes, the very first podcast, if you can ever go back and find that one. Listen to it if you would. We do Jacksonville Jaguars football, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports, and there's a lot of sports out there, and I know we don't cover it all. Um, there's a lot of people that get in touch with us about covering stuff. And you go to bigjreport.com or bigjreport.com Facebook group. We're very open to covering almost, you know, any sport out there within our areas of Jacksonville, Florida, Duval, North Florida, South Georgia, you know, even a pocket of South, Southeast Alabama, the panhandle of Florida. So we're talking Jacksonville, Duval, North Florida, South Georgia, a pocket of uh, South, Southeast Alabama, We've got a, and even Central Florida. So we, we really got this vast area covering, you know, pretty close to three states or more. And we've kind of carved out our, our area. And we, we certainly appreciate you guys being here, listening to the podcast. I did come up with some more, um, you know, I did come up with some more scores. I think we gave most of these out already. Um, but let me see what we got here. You know, I, I wanted to delve into the safety position of the Jacksonville Jaguars more, like some of the defensive backs. We'll talk about that on episode show number 42. We'll put together certainly a shorter podcast than this one. This has been our long Sunday visit with you. Um, I want to thank all the guys that uh, play semi-pro football, 
indoor arena football, and the majority of them are super nice guys. I know I do call it the underworld of semi-pro football. And by that, you know, there's been some crazy things that have happened. Uh, we haven't broadcasted everything that's happened, but some of it we've had that we have. Um, I will, I will tell you that these are some of the nicest guys you'll ever want to meet. They play for the love of the game. Um, certainly they're, you know, these guys aren't making the mega money that the NFL players are making or even the XFL players, but these, these guys play for the love of the game. And I want to thank David Martin for keeping me up to date with Steph Ellis Smith. Um, I met a new guy that got signed with the Orlando Predators. And uh, I really need to mention his name because he was uh, playing with the Walton County Chiefs, and now he's signed an NAL deal. Got to love it. And uh, that's Dalvin Stuckey. Dalvin Stuckey was playing for the Walton County Chiefs. And now he's signed, apparently, with the Orlando Predators of the National Arena League. You, you love when stuff like that happens, so now he's going to make more money than he was. Congratulations, Dalvin Stuckey. He plays um, – defensive line, I believe. And uh, when you go to the National Arena League, you know, they may put him on the O-line sometimes, too. They go both ways. Uh, that's a lot of that Ironman football that they play on at the indoor level. There's less guys on the team. And, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe indoor football, arena football, the majority of it is eight on eight. You know, not 11 on 11 like the NFL. Or how about the CFL, 12 on 12? So there's different rules. There's different levels of football. If a guy comes out of college and he says, well, the NFL doesn't want me. They didn't draft me. They didn't sign me as an undrafted free agent. Listen, if you really want to play, there's other leagues out there. There's semi-pro football. There's indoor arena football. There's a lot of leagues. And some of these leagues and, and teams are looking for players. There is an opportunity out there. The XFL was outstanding this year. I really thought level of play for most of the games was pretty good to even outstanding at times. And there were some good players in the XFL, and some of them guys have now signed on to go to training camp with, with NFL teams. My goodness. Go to xfltoday.net. Check out our site. I think most every score is in there. On the xfltoday.net, I think most every score from the season, the playoffs, congratulations to Bob Stoops and the Arlington Renegades on winning the championship of the XFL. We'll take a look at a few of the scores, semi-pro football report. We'll get some of these up on our, our website as well. Semi-pro football report, NAL in the National Arena League. The Jacksonville Sharks now 3-2 and two blast the Albany, New York Empire. I mean, the Albany-New York Empire. It looks like the Empire has fallen. The Jacksonville Sharks, 79. The Albany-New York Empire, 34. The final on Saturday night, May the 20th of 2023. We're still adding more scores to our report in the BigJReport.com Facebook group. If you guys got another score, you simply put it in the comments. But again, the Jacksonville Sharks in, in Arena Football National Arena League, the Jacksonville Sharks 79, the Albany New York Empire 34, a final on Saturday night, May the 20th of 2023. We're adding some more scores to the semi-pro football report, including in the EAFL, the Duval Panthers 33, the East Coast Sharks 8, a final 
uh, in the APDFL, the Mississippi Dynasty 32, the Walton County Chiefs 6, a final on Saturday, May the 20th of 2023. There's a few more scores, and I think I even mentioned them a little bit earlier in this podcast. We'll add some some more semi-pro football indoor and arena scores uh, on our website and in the BigJReport.com Facebook group as well. So thank you for listening to the semi-pro football report. Not all the scores, but we had some of them obviously in there. We'll take a look at North Florida Entertainment and uh, check some uh, concert stuff for you before we wrap up the show. Thank you to John Gaylor, one of our supporters of the podcast and contributors. Our executive producer, JC. JC, thanks for putting up with me at times. I want to thank Alex Nunry, our BigJReport.com sports reporter, and he's he's also one of our producers on the Teal Shirt Report podcast as well. Let's take a look at some North Florida Entertainment, kind of wrapping up the show on Sunday, uh, May 21st. Let's um, pull up some concerts that we do have. If you go to the Neighbors 2 section, you'll find the concerts at BigJReport.com. There's also a picture in there of Psychic Deli, the North Florida local band. There's pictures of them on there. Our freelance writer and photographer, JC, has pictures of when he went to Bonnaroo last year. I understand he's going this year as well. So it's pretty cool. Our freelance writer, JC, is out there and about covering uh, concerts, sports, tennis, the gamut, really. Thank you so much, JC. He's also our executive producer of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And he covers Alabama and the SEC Western Division for us as well. I kind of cover the Florida Gators. Um, Alex Nunry kind of handles the Gators too. And uh, we got Mad Max, who's our Georgia Bulldog football insider. So we kind of cover some of the biggies, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, the SEC West, and the entire SEC for the most part. Let's take a look at uh, concerts coming up. Don't forget also the Mad Max Mix Internet uh, radio show, Wednesday night music request show from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. That's 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock p.m. Central time and can be accessed at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. We'll check some shows coming up. Again, I, I'm, I'm very sad and was very sad to learn back in March that Leonard Skinner's uh, guitar player, longtime member of the band, he was an original member. Gary Rossington passed away, sadly, back on March 5th of 2023. Uh, a couple of weeks ago now, one of my favorite singers, Gordon Lightfoot, passed away. I love the song he did, Sundown. He did If You Could Read My Mind and many, many other great songs. Gordon Lightfoot passed away. Gordon was, um, heck, Gordon Lightfoot, I believe, was 84 years old when he passed away. Man, a lifetime of music from Gordon Lightfoot. From sundown when I was probably a 10, 11, 12-year-old kid to, if you could read my mind, uh, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, so many great songs. Gordon Lightfoot was not only a great, really good and great singer, but he was a tremendous songwriter as well. Many, many other artists uh, performed and recorded uh, his songs as well. Taking a look at shows coming up. Tom Jones is in the rear view. That could, that could have been his last show in Jacksonville. He's 82. Tom Jones was in Jacksonville on May 9th, way back on May 9th at the Florida theater. 
uh, Robert and Plant, Allison Krauss, uh, they got their Raising the Roof tour. They were in St. Augustine back on May 12th. Psychedelic Furs made a visit to Jacksonville to the Florida Theater back on May 16th. Let's see, Psychic Deli, the uh, local North Florida band Psychic Deli recently played the Boost Bar in Atlantic Beach back on May 13th. They also played it at Cheers in Avondale, Cheers Craft Beer and Wine on Herschel Street in St. John's where the where there's roundabouts. They got two roundabouts out there. They've done a lot of work on the roads out there at Herschel Street and St. John's Avenue. Uh, Psychic Deli, local North Florida band Psychic Deli was in Avondale, Riverside area at Cheers Craft Beer and Wine on Herschel Street in St. John's back on Friday, May 19th. I missed that one, but I have caught them at Cheers a couple of times in the past. They do a really great job. North Florida local band Psychic Deli. Uh, tribute band Freebird. They're basically a Leonard Skinner uh, tribute band. A tribute band Freebird ATL will be in Jacksonville in a few weeks at Underbellies on June 17th of 2023. Freebird ATL told Big J Report that Underbellies is located uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida at 113 East Bay Street. And obviously, that's downtown Jacksonville. I've heard of Underbellies. I've never been there. I may need to go down there and snap a couple of pictures down there at Underbellies and walk in there to say I've been there because I've, I've never been inside Underbellies. Uh, but I know I passed by there. I know it's uh, downtown. And again, it's on uh, East Bay Street, not that far from where I think the, the old post office used to be. They moved uh, back in the mid-70s. Uh, they built a new big post office on King Street uh, here in Jacksonville. But I did have a chance to talk to the Freebird ATL folks. They said this will be their first time playing at Underbellies, according to Freebird ATL. Freebird ATL will be touring many cities across the nation, uh, including being in Jacksonville at Underbellies on June 17th. Again, Freebird ATL said it will be their first time there at Underbellies, according to Freebird ATL. Again, Freebird ATL will be touring many cities across the nation. Also, a very good show that I would love to go to. I'm not going to get an opportunity to go to this one, at least as of now. But this is a good show. If you get a chance to go, man, check it out. It's coming up June 28th. There's still some time to plan to go because we're recording this podcast on Sunday, May 21st. A very good one, Peter Frampton. Peter Frampton, the amazing Peter Frampton from the album Frampton Comes Alive. Probably one of the may be the greatest live album. I, you know, I heard a live album from the 70s. I never heard it before, and I heard a cut from, I think it was 1970-ish. Uh, could have been earlier than that, but I think it was in probably the early 1970s. I heard, I heard the incredible quality of a recording that uh, actually Jerry Garcia did with uh, the late Jerry Garcia back in the late, back in, I believe it was the early to mid seventies. They had a live show in France and it's one of the best recordings I've ever heard of a live show. And it was, uh, and I'm not a, I'm not a deadhead. I'm not a big Grateful Dead fan. Although I probably, my favorite song by the Grateful Dead is probably Alabama getaway. If you've ever heard that one. But when you talk about live recordings, I think the Cars had a very good live album years and years ago. I think it was recorded in the late 70s. But I would have to rank probably 
Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead's live recording in France, way up there too, along with maybe the best of all time, Peter Frampton's Frampton Comes Alive. Again, Peter Frampton will be in Northeast Florida, in North Florida, in St. Augustine on June 28th. Peter Frampton on Wednesday night, June the 28th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. at the St. Augustine, Florida Amphitheater. Thank you guys for tuning in. Michael Giles, happy birthday to you again. I uh, want to thank my producers, uh, my producers, Alex Nunry, our executive producer, JC, and our fearless supporter, um, Mr. Mr. John Gaylor, who is a contributor and a supporter on our podcast. David Martin, thank you for getting us the reports from the APDFL. Uh, Bernard Hunt, the commissioner of the league, always is very helpful. I want to thank the guys associated with the Duval Panthers, the EAFL, Bold City Avengers. You guys got a playoff game against the Savannah Falcons, and I know a guy on the Savannah Falcons team, J.R. Hughes, who used to play for the Southern Steam. That's going to be an interesting playoff game, May 27th at the SOS Academy football field. It's going to be the Bold City Avengers versus the Savannah Falcons, kind of a a Florida-Georgia, Georgia-Florida thing, if you will, in Jacksonville on the west side, always known as the best side, the west side of Jacksonville, Florida, at the SOS Academy football field on Wilson Boulevard on the evening of May 27th. I haven't got a kickoff time for that yet, but, Check our website, bigjreport.com. It's also the best way for finding our podcast. Go to our website at bigjreport.com. Special thanks to our sponsors, all of our listeners, our supporters, contributors, and again, our producers, Alex Nunry, and our executive producer, JC. Thank you guys for hanging in there with me. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for all the incredible help that you guys have given me as I put together these Teal Shirt Report podcast. This has been episode show number 41, Josh Allen, the main guy that wears 41, obviously for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I hope he has a really, really big year for the Jaguars in 2023. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Have a great day. My name is Scott, your host, and hey, I'm out. Take care. And have, you know, have a great day. Have a great week. We'll be back again soon with a, a new episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up in a few hours or a few minutes, whenever you tune back in or the next day. We've got a lot of podcasts coming your way with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm Scott. I'm out. Take care.